episode 133 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. I often get asked questions by my children that I have no idea how to answer them. And so I've come up with a very good answer when talking with my children. Dad, why is the sky blue? I don't know. Ask your mother. Why do my farts stink? I don't know. Ask your mother. Why do I have to clean my room? I don't know. Ask your mother. But this time, they asked me a question about antlers. Why do antlers fall off? How do antlers grow? And I gave them the best answer I could at that time, which was, I don't know. But after reading this book, I've started to come to a better understanding of how antlers work. They're amazing. This book's amazing. And I will give the answer to my children when they get back from school today. And they'll say, that's not what I asked. We asked why. And I'll say, I don't know why evolutionarily they do. But here's why it happens and how it happens. We know that antlers are used for a multitude of purposes. Let's talk mule deer. They're used for a multitude of purposes. Once, one is defense against predators. Um, because they have them, they can use them as a tool. They can stick, stab, prod, poke, and help fling things. Two, they're used in the breeding season to help fight against other males to establish dominance so they can breed. And three um, is for display purposes. Uh, The larger the antlers, the larger the deer, the more fit it is, and then they don't have to fight when they come across another male. Let's say a prime five-year-old comes up against a two-year-old that's just a little forky and a little body size, and a prime is just monster deer. They can stand side by side, and they can see overall, okay, the little two-point's going to get his butt kicked. He just isn't prime yet. So it reduces their fighting, and it also reduces the amount of injuries they receive. So the larger they are, the better they are. But how does this whole process work? Well, it starts when the males are born. Just a little bit after the males are born, they develop what's called a pedicle, and that is the base of where the antlers grow from. If you ever ever come across a fawn skull and it's got these little teeny points, that is where the fawns, the male fawns, are starting to grow their pedicles. And they will continue to get bigger and bigger throughout all their days. Even after they reach past their prime and their antlers start to shrink, shrink, their pedicles get bigger. I kind of put this in the same perspective as old people or old men. Like when I'm talking to old people, you see their ears are just big and you're like, holy cow, how did you get such saucers on the side of your head? Or their nose becomes big. And that's because they never stop growing. As they reach the old age, uh, let's say into their 90s, their ears have literally been growing for 90 years. They're just massive. And this is kind of the same thing. Antlers grow from the pedicles, and they grow, and it turns into basically cartilage. It's a little different than cartilage that we think of in in our nose or our knees, our joints, because this is full of veins, and what is happening is all these veins are pumping in nutrients and protein, and they're just building massive amounts. And this is why you won't see, like, two-year-olds getting massive antlers because there's not enough nutrients that they can take into their body to help their body 
they're just putting all their effort into growing their own bones within their body and so antlers are not quite ready for development. You'll also see reduction in size of antlers in hard winters or in areas that are just lacking nutrition. I visited an elk farm once and I saw a two-year-old bull that reached 350 inches and I was blown away. And that's the moment I realized that our animals that we're seeing in the wild very rarely will reach that point where genetics come into play because there's just not enough nutrients for genetics to come into play. After talking with the owner of the ranch that was growing these elk, they are pumping so much nutrients and food into these elk that it takes them a few years to realize which ones have bad genetics and they can move them on. I have never seen an animal in the wild that I think has ever got to the point where we can say, yeah, genetics have caused that. I think nutrients has always been the limiting factor. So their body's pumping all these nutrients in, and then it receives an indication that it's time to turn that cartilage into bone. So again, we talked about nutrients. They're not bringing enough in. They don't have enough nutrients coming in to turn it to bone. So they start to rob from their own body, from the bones inside their body. They start to pull calcium and other minerals to help harden. And they'll replace that, the calcium they've stolen from their bones, their leg bones, their rib bones. They'll steal it from the food coming in to replace what they gave for their antlers. What's interesting is there's some research out there that shows if an animal messes up its front left leg, then there is a possibility that that left antler will have a deformity. And on the back, it's going to be the opposite. If they hurt their left leg in the back and cause damage to it, then there is a possibility that the right antler would be affected as well. So they're pulling calcium from these bones, and if these bones are damaged and they themselves don't have the calcium to give, then they may not have good antler growth because of where they're stealing the calcium from. Oftentimes, when you see one of those club, uh, like a big baseball bat on top of an elk's head or something, you're like, oh, he damaged his pedicle. And that is not necessarily the case. Could it be a damaged leg or some other bone that they've broken or damaged, and it's reducing the amount of calcium that they can get. So then they go into the breeding season and their bones are solid and they're fighting and they're defending themselves and then all of a sudden they get this new indication and their body releases hormones again and they start to develop on their pedicle in between the antler itself and the pedicle this thing called osteoclasts. And they will grow. And as long as the testosterone level is high, these osteoclasts will hold on to the antler. As soon as the testosterone level drops, the osteoclasts begin to break down and the antlers fall off. So this explains to me why you can have 
animals dropping antlers in January and why you can have antlers dropping in mid-May. It's all based upon the levels of testosterone they have in their body for antler growth and antler loss. When they're growing their antlers, they want to have a reduced level of testosterone because high levels of testosterone will inhibit antler growth. So that's why you, you won't see in these animals high levels of testosterone until that bone stops growing, that cartilage stops growing and turns into bone. With the increase of testosterone, all of a sudden you've got a hardening of the bone and now they're ready to fight. They carry that high levels of testosterone through winter and then boom, a reduction in testosterone breaks down the osteoclasts, the osteoclasts rece release the antler, and the antler is therefore dropped. Boom. That is what I'm going to tell my kids. The other thing that's interesting is all of this uh, hormone release and changes are all tied to uh, the photo periods within the year. So their antler growth, their changing from the cartilage to the bone is all tied to photo periods. They're receiving that light through their retina. The retina is then passing a signal onto the penile gland, and that penile gland is the one that's releasing the hormones telling them when to start things. What's interesting, you can take an animal from, let's say, Montana, and you can move them down into Oklahoma, they will, for a period of time, and in the research in this book, it says for up to three years, they will still be on the same growth cycle that they were in that other location. But after three years, their body will start to adapt and change. So there you go. That is all that I know about antler growth and how antlers grow. I have no idea why they drop, why they started growing. Who knows? You can grow a bone on the outside of your body. That's crazy. They can move these pedicles to different areas within a body, transplant them, and they can get bone to grow out of those areas. That's nuts. All right, you guys, that's all I got for today. Have a great day. Stay wild.